before I get going, I'll tell you about this guy. He went fishing, didn't have a good day, and he's coming back from fishing, and um, he sees a toad on the ground. He goes, huh. And he picks it up, and he goes, you know, my grandson would like that. And he puts it in his pocket. And pretty he's walking back home, and his fishing pole had no luck. And all of a sudden, the, fr- the frog starts moving and moving and moving. And he pulls it out, and the frog says, Mister, Mister, I am not a frog. I am a princess. If you would just kiss me, you will have rescued and saved me, and my father will just shower you with the riches of his kingdom. And he looks at it, and he goes, Huh. He's going like there and walking. Pretty soon it starts moving and moving and moving again. And he says, pulls it out. And he says, didn't you hear me? Do you hear me? I'm a prince. And he goes, hey, hey, hey. I heard you the first time. I'd just rather have a talking frog. <laughs> Religion is a talking frog. And I'm wondering if we will take the step of faith to go beyond religion, to go beyond a church building and coffee and donuts and singing and cross over into worship, into a relationship. Today's sermon is all about religion versus relationship. And this is something that's just very near and dear to my heart. Because years ago, I was born and raised in Southern California. My mom was Catholic, or is Catholic, and my dad's an atheist. My mom was from Mexico, my dad was from Canada, and they met in Los Angeles. Compromise. And my dad just didn't care. He wasn't an angry atheist. You know, he was just atheist, and he didn't care. Whatever, do what you want, do that whole religious thing. And my mom took us to Catholic church, and we went to Mass, and, and man, it was a regular thing. And uh, every week. And, and man, we did the stuff. I went through baptism, communion, confirmation, catechism, anything else with a C on it. I don't know. But anyway, we just did them all. And Dad went golfing. That was just Sunday morning. And I remember going to church going, oh, man, it's nice out there. And, but that was our family. And in college, there was this guy named Rob Alice. He was a friend of mine. At the time, he wasn't a friend. He's a friend now. And Rob was the Jesus freak of the dorms. And he had a reputation, and everybody knew to stay away from this guy. You don't want to go near that door. You get hung up in that door, you're going to be there a while. And it's just, poof, he's really... And so, you know, you walk down the dorm hallway, and you see his door, and you kind of go, oh, okay. And you, you just stayed clear of Rob. And one day... I'm walking past, the walking down, and I'm not thinking. I don't know why I wasn't thinking. It was Rob's door. It was a Jesus freak's door. Stay away. And I went in there, and he had a poem. Anybody heard the footprints in the sand? Got that? First time I'd ever seen that, footprints in the sand. If you haven't seen it, Google it. It's an awesome poem. And so the first time, and I'm reading it, and I'm parked in front of his door, and I'm not realizing it. I'm just reading the poem, and I get to the zinger at the end. And it just hits me. It was that Holy Spirit moment. It's like, boom. And I went, whoa. And right then, he opens up the door. Hey, Rich, how you doing? I went, ah! And it's like, come on in. Oh, ew, oh look at the time. I go, he's, oh, you're standing by my door for some reason. I, go, ah, I don't even know why I was there. I got to come on in. 
Okay, okay. Well, that began a process of about two weeks, maybe three. And I would meet with him. And that's why I say I love the Catholic Church, because I had Father, Son, Holy Spirit, death on the cross, resurrection. I had all of the information, and I believed it all. It was, but it was just information. And at one point in time, I'm coming, we had dinner. I go over to uh, Rob's room, and this is after two or three weeks, and we'd been going back and forth, and he'd been trying to get me to pray to receive Christ, and I don't need to. You know, over here, he goes, well, over here, and we're going, so we're doing it. And so I'm coming back after dinner, and I figure, okay, we're going to go a couple more rounds, you know. And they said, well, Rob, and, he, and I, I said, well, I just don't think I need to do that whole pray to receive Christ thing and, and uh, you know, my Catholic upbringing and all that. And he goes, fine, do what you want, I don't care. I said, whoa, what's this all about? And he just put it at me. And he said, look, I am not telling you anything you don't already believe. That's what it says. Do it or don't. And I went, and I started bawling. I have no idea what happened. And it was this uncontrollable sobbing that to this day I don't understand. And it completely freaked him out. He left the room. He left me there. He was like, oh, okay, cool. I didn't know he was going to go get help. He's going to go get the you know, witnesses. <laughs> and so he, he went in there, but he, he, he bolted. And so I'm like, oh, and so I'm by myself in this room, all by myself. Like, ah, 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 come on, man, get it together. Ah, and I was just going. And I remember at one point, okay, okay, settle down. Said, Nobody's in here. You're all by yourself. Just calm down, calm down, calm down. Ah! And I couldn't. Just, it was just this eruption. And I, a lot of people don't have that experience. And, and so I was like, what is that? And I just think there was this breaking of, of a prideful spirit that says, I don't need to do this. And I just broke and, and a bunch of people came back into the room. Rob finally came back. He had some people, and I prayed to receive Christ. And it was that moment that I crossed over from information to relationship. And in that moment, I, I started seeing things differently. I saw religion for what it was. Religion focuses on how bad you are. The do's and don'ts. What's in your refrigerator? I see a beer in there. Well, I don't know how it's going to work out. Let's go take a look at your DVD collection. A lot of Quentin Tarantino movies in there. I don't know. You know, and there's this judgment and these do's and don'ts and you're trying to earn it. Relationship focuses on how good God is. All right? Religion focuses on how bad we are Relationship focuses on how good God is. And it starts off, and it's the verse everybody's heard their whole life, for God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. Right? That whomever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. I mean, I, heard, I, I, I finally read that. Having received Christ, I finally read that and went, I get it. I get it. 
And when I was reading that, I kind of had this epiphany. I went to the next verse, 317. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge it, but that the world might be saved through him. And it dawned on me, wait a minute. He didn't come here to judge us. He came here to remove us from judgment. Just, we're with him. And it was, it was that moment that it just dawned on me. I went, all oh, right. And, and it was a whole new light at CMM. And, it, and it's through relationship that I just started to look at who Jesus is. In Luke 23, verses 39 through 43, it's the story of the thief of the cross. And what I love about this story is, here is the moment of the cross. This is the biggest moment in human history. In history. And in this moment, for some reason, God decides to share it with two pretty bad guys. I'm like, Lord, what, what are you doing? What, this, is, this is Jesus' moment. This is, this is the moment that split time. B.C. and A.D. And you're sharing it with these two guys. Why? And I want to read this to you. This is why. This, everybody, every one of us, every person on earth falls into this guy, these two guys. Those that choose them and those that don't. And so let's read that. 39, uh, starting at verse 39. One of the criminals you hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence? We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said to Jesus, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. You ever wonder about that? It seems like such a mild... Hey, think of me. It seems so mild when you say, Jesus, save me. You know, but just remember me. And just read that as remember me. And Jesus answers him, Truly I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. So a couple reasons I like this. And we'll get to the point about remember me. We'll get to that in a second. But... One of the things I like about the thief of the cross, first of all, you've got to realize these guys were way more than thieves. They were sentenced to death. And they, it was, whatever they did was so bad, it wasn't just sentenced to death. It was sentenced to death by torture. So we, you're so bad, we're going to make sure you feel a whole lot of pain before you die. So clearly these guys are really bad guys. And what I love about this moment is that no matter what you did, no matter what you think you're not worthy of, Jesus says otherwise. He says you are worthy. He says, I want to get to know you. I want to have a relationship with you. I want to know you. The other thing that amazes me about the story is how late it happened. This guy had like two hours to live. He's about two hours away from everything being over. And I think sometimes we... we there's that verse, now is the day of salvation. It's never too late. It's never too late. And it doesn't matter what you think you did. Jesus says you're worthy. I want to go to Matthew 7. 7.22 and 23. 
Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name cast out demons and in your name perform many miracles? And then I will declare to them, depart from me, for I never knew you. He didn't ask if you know him or if you know information about him. Depart from me, for I never knew you. He's saying that to us. I heard a message one time. A guy said, top ten, things, ten, top ten worst things Jesus could ever say to you. That was number one. Because if he says that, it's over. That's the worst thing Jesus could ever say. And I thought about that moment. And I thought about the thief on the cross. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Or in other words... Do you know me? Don't say, I never knew you. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And I think of the thief on the cross, and I think of he he died this horrible death, and he gets to heaven, and he sees Jesus, and Jesus goes, I remember you. And he looks at the Father, and he says, I know him. He's with me. It put a whole new light on, remember me, when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus just promises from that. The other reason that verse is so special to me is probably about 22 years ago now, uh, my son was 9 or 10 years old. Our son, sorry honey, I keep doing that. She did have something to do with it. I was going through a Bible study or something. I really don't remember now. But I came across that verse. And so I'm reading it, and I'm reading it. I'm okay. And and I read that last line. Depart from me, for I never knew you. And I thought, man, that was me. Because as a Catholic, man, I was doing the stuff. I was getting certified and verified and whatever. And I was doing the stuff. But it wasn't until I prayed to receive Christ that I engaged in a relationship. And I thought, man, what is it like for people to get there and to stand before the king and to see him in his glory and hear those words? I thought, whoa. And then a thought occurred to me as I was praying. Be careful what you pray for. (laughs) As I prayed... Lord, what is that like for you to have to say that to someone? And in that moment, I had a vision. I've had one vision my entire life. Didn't even kind of really know anything about them. And I had one. If I said to you right now, do you remember the second plane flying into the Twin Towers? If you close your eyes, you can kind of see it. Boom. That's what it was like. All of a sudden, I just... In my mind's eye, I just saw this. And what I saw was I was on a boat, and I saw my son, who was dead. Sorry. And he was drowning. And he was thrashing. And for some reason, I could not get out of the boat, and I could not reach him. And I was trying, and he was thrashing, and he was thrashing. And I said, stop thrashing, grab my hand, grab my hand. And he just was thrashing and he was thrashing. He said, grab my hand. 
And all of a sudden, everything stopped. And he sank. And I saw his face. And he died. And I popped out of it. I remember going, Lord, what was that? And I felt the Holy Spirit just speak to my heart. And he said, that's what it's like every time. Every time they say, depart from me. That's what it's like. It changed, that literally rocked my world. Um, I can't see. It completely rocked my world. And from that moment on, I had to get serious. And I, that the verse, I think we have up there, the next one, um, it's Revelation 3.20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Uh, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him, and I will dine with him and he with me. I think that's really interesting. I will dine with him. <laughs> think about how many friends you have. Not Facebook friends. <laughs> friends you have. And then think about how many come over to dinner. It gets real narrow. It's a, it's a relationship that's close. And that's what he's asking. And, and that, that verse is coming from Jesus saying to the church. He's talking to the church of Laodicea. And, and it, he's talking to them. He's saying, open the door. I want to get to know you. He's saying that to the church. And it scares me. Because I'm going, how many of us is it just information? Yeah, he rose from the dead. I heard about that. And he's not living inside of us. I want to ask you guys now, and this is one of those things um, that people get really nervous doing. But I want to put out an invitation right now. And at this moment right now, typically what happens in churches is they say, with every eye closed and every head bowed. I don't want to do that. Jesus says this awesome verse. He says, if you stand for me, before men I will stand for you before my father and so if there's anyone here and I recognize that we're in church here but if there's anyone here that is in doubt about if Jesus knows me and you want to put that to rest right now I just want to put that as an invitation to you right now you just put your hand up if there's anyone here that wants to put that to rest and say, Lord, come into my heart. If that's you, just raise your hand. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. That's awesome. Can we all do this and say this aloud right now? Just repeat after me. Everybody, will you do this? Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. You are perfect. Thank you for dying for my sins. I invite you now to come into my heart. Lead me, Lord, in this life. Amen.
Hallelujah. Now I recognize a lot of us have already done that. And there is another verse that's very near and dear to my heart. And it's this one. You are the light of the world, Matthew 5.14. I'm going to read the whole thing, and that's a kind of paraphrase, but this is what Matthew 5, 14 through 16. You are the light of the world. He's talking to us. A city built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. He just gave a couple of metaphors, but this one's my favorite. To have the moon. And you, you know, there's a verse that, that says that Jesus is the light of the world. This one's saying that we're the light of the world. Which is it? It's both. And if Jesus is the source, he's the sun, we're the moon. We reflect his glory. And what's interesting about it, and it's been a full moon this last week. I've been thinking about it a lot as I would see it. What's interesting about the moon is there is nothing in it that produces light. Nothing. It's just zero capacity to produce light. All it can do is reflect light. And what's interesting about the moon, a new moon, if, if, this is, if the wall is the, is the sun, let's use the podium, and the podium is earth, okay? And if I'm the moon, if I'm facing the moon, and the earth is behind me, the world is, my back is to the world, I am absorbing all of the sunlight. Okay? The, the world can't, the earth cannot see anything. It's dark. That's a new moon. Scientifically, that's a new moon. The moon is actually in front of the earth. And I love that picture. They see nothing in us when our back is turned to the world. But if we will posture ourselves... Kind of get that crescent moon thing going. Now there's a reflection. And if we will posture ourselves to keep the world in, line, in sight and Jesus is in sight, we will reflect his glory. And it's only when we do that. What does that look like? That looks like serving the kingdom. That looks like witnessing. It looks like sharing your faith. It looks like helping the poor. It looks like inviting someone to a church event. Two weeks ago, I went and visited my parents. I wasn't here. And to back the story up a little bit, I mentioned to my dad, as an atheist. And when I became saved, it was so passionate, it was so over the top, that I Dad! You gotta believe you're gonna go to hell. Not good. That never works. <laughs> I've tried it. But you have. But I, I, I. This was in me. This is so real now. This is no longer religion. This is a relationship with a person that's alive that wants to get to know you, Dad. And we would go at it through my twenties. We would just go at it. And I got convicted somewhere in my late twenties. I got convicted. And God said, hey, 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 just enjoy your dad. Stop beating him over the head every time you see him. And so I just got convicted to do that. So I just prayed. And 
all of our family is saved. Everybody's invited Christ into their heart. Everyone has a relationship with Christ, except my dad. A couple of years ago, well, a couple, maybe five or six years ago now, um, he's got dementia, and it was brutal. It's brutal to watch your dad go through that. <laughs> and I said, Lord, what's going on here? And I felt the Holy Spirit just say, your dad cannot take a step of faith. He's an engineer. He was an engineer. Everything is logical. He only believes what he sees. Faith does not exist to him. And he says, I'm killing off the part of his brain that cannot take a step of faith. So I just felt. And so I said, okay, give it to him. Give him dementia. Never thought I'd pray for my dad's dementia to get worse. But I did. About two years ago, it was pretty bad. At one point, he didn't recognize me. I said, it's me, Dad. He goes, oh, okay, yeah, sorry. And the thing that's so hard to watch him go through it is he goes out of it, and he's not real aware, but then he comes back into his brain, and he cries because he realizes where he was. And he knows he's going back there again. For the second, I'm here. And then he goes back in. So two years ago, I just got convicted. Maybe it's time. Maybe it's time now to talk to my dad. So I said, Dad, and you just really can't have a conversation that tracks. You know, it just lo- you talk to him for a little bit, and then he kind of goes somewhere else. And so I said, Dad, I want to tell you about Jesus. The man, he looked at me, and he zeroed in on me. What about him? I said, you need to receive Christ, Dad. Dad, I want to, do you want to invite him into your heart? You want to just, well, you know, I don't believe that. He goes, I respect your beliefs, but I don't believe that. And, and I had a 30-minute conversation, same old, same old. And he was completely zoned in. It had been a couple of years since I had, could have a conversation that back and forth, attention span. I came out of there and I said, okay, Dad. And what I always left him with, just do me a favor and say, God, if you're there, just show me that you're real. I said, just will you do me a favor? He said, okay, I will. And I said, Lord, what was that? I felt like Satan was in total control of that meeting. And what was that? So three or four weeks ago now, my sister went to visit him, and then she was leaving, and he started crying. And he said, Dad, what's going on? And he said, well, I just don't know why I'm still alive here. I don't know why I'm still here. And, you know, he's just frustrated, and he's having one of those moments where he's in, and he goes, I just don't know why I'm still here. And she told me that, and I went, bingo. This is it. I'm going down. And I'm going to go tell you why you're still here. And this, we are going to have a moment, Dad. And I was determined. And I told, Dad, we were at the men's breakfast. And everybody pray for me. I was telling everybody, pray for me. I'm going in. And I'm remembering two years ago. I told my mom, I said, are you going to Mass? And she goes, well, I wasn't going to go. I said, go to Mass. And so she goes, why do you want me to go to Mass so bad? I said, I'm going to talk to Dad. I'm going to ask Dad if he wants to receive Christ. She goes, oh, okay. So she leaves. <laughs> so I'm there alone with my dad. I said, Dad, did you remember a couple of weeks ago you were talking to Judy, my sister, and he said, 
I don't know why I'm still here. And he goes, well, you got to live somewhere. And we kind of chuckled. I said, yeah, I don't mean here in the house, Dad. I, I, I mean here on earth. I mean not dead. Do you wonder why you're still alive and not dead? Just put it out there. And man, he zeroed in. And he got on the side of his chair and he gave me that look. And I went, uh-oh, here we go. He zoned in again. I don't care. We're going in. And so he said, yeah, I guess I wonder that a lot. I said, well, Dad, I have the answer. Do you want to know? And he goes, yeah. Yeah, I would. Who wouldn't? I said, you are here still because God is continually giving you a chance to receive him and invite him into your heart. Dad, do you want to do that? And he goes, yeah, yeah, I would. <laughs> I was starting to talk him out of it. Wait a minute, wait, we've got to go a few rounds here first. <laughs> you do. And so then I, okay, I said, all right, just repeat after me. And I just let him do that same prayer we just did. And he repeated everything I said, which was not what he really does. And he repeated everything, boom, boom, boom. Amen. You know, Christ, come into my life. Jesus, come into my life. Amen. And when he said amen, and I'll never forget this, and we were just locked the whole time. And when he said amen, he broke the eye lock, and he looked up, and he leaned back in his recliner, and he went, huh, it feels so complete. I said, it is. It is complete. I said, that's it, Dad. That's what you, that's what you needed to do. And he says, oh. A little bit later, I was talking to my mom, and she said, you know, we went on a walk today. And I said, yeah? And she said, your dad was like staring. She says, Bob, what are you staring at? And he goes, this is a mountain. She goes, what do you see up there? And he goes, I guess it was a sunrise or something. And he goes, it's a sunrise. I just don't know how anybody doesn't believe in God when you see all this creation around you. I'm like going, you don't know. You were that guy for 89 years. What do you mean you don't know? And so I just want to tell you, this is, this is my takeaway. It is not our job that someone receives Christ. It is not our job to pound them and pound them and give them evidence that demands a verdict and more than a carpenter and all those evangelical tools. It is our job just to present an opportunity when we feel like the Lord's leading us and it is our job to keep the world in sight and God in sight and the world in sight and to reflect His glory. That's our job. And for... For me to have the conversations that I had and for me to just say, do you want to do this? Yeah, I do. It just shows me it's not up to me whether they say yes or no, but it is up to me to be obedient and faithful and just present the opportunity. So worship team, you guys have come on up. I think we're going to sing us one more song as we head out.